Good afternoon. I'm Rhonda Feynman, and this is the Healthy Options Program on WERU Community Radio. On Healthy Options today, we have with us three guests who are founding members of the Healing Garden, which is a new Belfast-based nonprofit organization dedicated to wellness. Dr. Deb Peabody is a practicing family physician who left mainstream medicine to embrace a new medical practice after discovering the functional medicine model of healthcare. She's also a hospice volunteer and a board member of the Healing Garden. Diana Marie Chapin, president of Healing Garden, is a Reiki master and in her practice in Belfast, she works with energy healing and meditation and helps clients to develop wellness skills. Dr. Carrie Thatcher is the Vice President of the Healing Garden, a naturopathic doctor and family nurse practitioner who combines several healing modalities in her practice, including craniosacral therapy, meditation, yoga, and diet and nutrition therapies. I want to welcome you all to Healthy Options. It's so good to have you here today. So let's start right at the beginning, Healing Garden. Diana, maybe you could give us a, a little overview of what that really is and what what you're uh, what you're doing with this nonprofit? Sure, thank you. We're a collaborative of various uh, individuals and in healing modalities. Uh, Deb is a medical doctor, carries a naturopath. We have some nurses, massage therapists, energy healers, and people who are just masters at, in their own right, having practiced a meditation and holistic wellness for a long time. And we're people who recognize that there's something happening in the world right now that requires some of us to get upstream of the crisis and trauma and acute care um, and the the uh, highly charged emotionality of our time to help people understand that their body is an instrument of guidance. And if they have some skills around how to regulate their emotional energy and um, help themselves feel better in their body, that they'll change their energy and change their social conditions and in turn will change our communities and change our world. And so we founded the Healing Garden as a vehicle to help bring educational opportunities to people throughout Maine. We're focusing in uh, Waldo, Knox, Penobscot, Hancock County. Our events are already um, drawing people from those counties and Kennebec County. So in very little time, we've reached a lot of people because what we're offering is um, it's heart-centered uh, wellness. Uh, heart coherence is mm. our core curriculum, and we have uh, some Great. very easy tools to help people heal. Great. I, I want to. We're going to have to get into some of the really specifics of all of those one those things that you've uh, you've just said to us. Um, so uh, so we've also mentioned a, a, a whole number of things. We mentioned something called heart coherence. We've mentioned energetic medicine, and we're going to get into what that really uh, entails. So uh, I'd like to bring uh, Deb, Doctor uh, Deb. Peabody into this uh, conversation. You were a family physician in a more traditional uh, setting for, for a number of years. Can you tell us what's what shifted for you and what you're bringing to your practice now? Yes, thank you, Rhonda. Well, as, as you know, I worked for um, a Lincolnville Health Center for 15 years and, and enjoyed that practice. But what I found was that I was forced to spend very little time with patients and found that a lot of patients were really sick and 
looking for a quick fix when this that didn't exist. I then left that practice and followed the functional medicine route, which looks at the root cause of illness. And that was better. I, I was helping people make some really good life changes, nutritional changes, exercise. But what I came to realize is that so many people have so much stress and trauma in their lives. And I didn't have a tool to help them with that. Um, so one of the things that I realized and in, in, in speaking with Diana and understanding more about heart um, brain coherence is that that is a really good tool to help people deal with the trauma in their lives. Trauma tra travels with people, whether it happened 50 years ago or two years ago, that is a cellular memory that people have. And it's really hard to get past chronic illness, pain, stress without having a tool to um, to work with that. So, so we, yeah, so here at uh, Healthy Options, as, as I know you all know, uh, there's a lot of focus on trauma resiliency. We've talked to a number of people about this. And now we have, uh, and what I'm always uh, fascinated by is how whatever people are calling it and whatever the discipline, we're really coming down to very similar ideas of the body-mind connection. So you mentioned, can you tell us a little bit about what heart heart coherence is? And then, uh, yes, just a little bit of that. And, and then we'll, well, we also want to bring uh, Carrie uh, Datcher in here, the our, our uh, other guest. But, but perhaps you could just give us a little, as we get deeper into this conversation about what, what that means. I would turn that over to Diana. She's, she, okay. she's the one really can tell us that. So. Okay. All right. Well, let's hold that for a minute because I do want to introduce uh, Carrie. Carrie Thatcher, are you, are you with us? You are here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm here. And um, similarly, well, I came around to things a little bit differently than Deb. I started my career in medicine as a naturopathic doctor, knowing um, the importance of natural modalities, meditation, um, lifestyle for, for healing. Um, I moved to Maine in 2010 and had a naturopathic practice here for a number of years and was very discouraged by the poverty that we have here in Maine and, you know, felt like I didn't have enough reach. So I went, went back to school, got my uh, family nurse practitioner degree uh, because I wanted to help more people and have access to more people. And so here I have been working for five years um, in a federally qualified health center model and, um, you know, helping a lot of people, but similarly to Deb, kind of hitting the same roadblocks of not being able to help people, um, you know, besides quick fixes or trying my hardest to give them more than a quick fix, but in uh, such a limited setting of, you know, half an hour at most with people. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited to be part of the healing garden because with educational models, we can, you know, we can give this information to a lot of people all at once. We can give people tools to use at home, um, so that they can break through the barriers that are in their way for health. Um, you know, getting, you know, trauma and what it does to our emotional um, wellness gets in the way of how, how we eat, how we exercise, how we take care of ourselves. So, um, 
you know, I, I'm really hopeful that this is going to be a way that we can help more, even more people than I have in uh, my private practice. You know, even though I, I do continue to play to continue in my private practice, but I, I just really want to get this information out to as many people as possible. Okay, and yes, um, so here, um, and and Diana, you can tell me, I, I've done a little research before our conversation, and there is a, a fantastic article in uh, Psychology Today from uh, just November 2020, and uh, it's by uh, Jessica Morales, and um, it's all about heart coherence, and let me uh, give you the definition that, that they talk about with the HeartMath Institute, which I know has uh, been doing a lot of research on this. And uh, what they say is that coherence is the state when the heart, mind, and emotions are in energetic alignment and cooperation. It's a state that builds resilience. When the parasympathetic and the sympathetic system are out of sync from emotions such as anger, anxiety, frustration, the this produces an erratic rhythm or incoherent state. The brain receives this input, which affects whether higher cognitive functions can be accessed and accessed to self-regulate. And you talk about that a lot in your literature. Diana, maybe you could uh, jump in here. Diana Chapin, uh, president of uh, the Healing Garden, and and tell us, uh, does that resonate? Does that sound uh, like some of the things that you're, uh, you're up to? Yes, it's spot on. And we love the work of the HeartMath Institute and study it. And uh, currently, I'm training to be a resilience trainer with the Heart Math, and that's the work that the Healing Garden will be bringing to the community and training others to bring to our community. So the heart is a fascinating organ, and it's a fascinating energy center. The heart and the brain communicate uh, bidirectionally. The heart's communicating with the brain, and the brain's communicating with the heart. And most people are familiar with with the uh, most... I guess most common in our culture way of understanding the heart is to understand it as a biophysical or biomechanical organ. It's biological and it's pumping and it has this wave action. It's pumping energy and information through blood uh, throughout the body into the brain. But what a lot of us um, are, it's a novel idea for us to learn is that the heart is also hormonal. It's biochemical. It produces hormones like oxytocin, which is the love hormone. Um, many people are familiar with that. When, when a woman gives birth to a baby, the oxytocin floods her system and the baby and the mother can bond at birth through the energy of that hormone. The heart is also neurological. And this this uh, is a, it, the heart is a very complex neurological organ. It has a intrinsic nervous system and through sensory neurites which are more like brain cells than heart cells the heart embodies intelligence and so we have lots of ways in our culture that we refer to this you know when we have a heartfelt moment or we send our heart out we intuitively know and culturally know on some level that the heart um, it, it thinks it's intelligent it's an intuitive and wise center uh, it's a thinking center, and we can think of our heart as a brain, maybe as the brain, as our brain. So there's this notion now that the heart is the heart brain, and the brain in our head is a cranial brain. And what's fascinating about the neurological um, nature of the heart is that the afferent neurological pathways from the heart to the brain are more complex. There's more neurological hardware in the body that's sending energy and information from the heart to the brain 
than there are from the brain to the heart, which are the efferent or the descending neurological systems. So that's pretty groundbreaking for many people to understand that the heart is a thinking center and it's actually a dominant thinking center. We're very ingrained in thinking our brain is where all the action is mentally or in intellectually, but the heart is intelligent. And the fourth uh, aspect of the heart is that it's electromagnetic and it's communicating energy and information to the brain in a non-physical way through electromagnetic fields. So the heart is beautiful and complex and we, we tend to have this awareness of the heart when we're in love with the moment or in love with each other. And um, we often feel that when we follow our heart, there's this more deeper, more deeply satisfying aspect to being human. And many of us are kind of at times at war with our brain and our heart, and we want to follow our heart, but our brain tells us something else and we do that and it can be disappointing. But, but mostly when we follow our heart, we're, we're just rarely disappointed. So what we're teaching with the healing garden are specific techniques to help people get into their heart practices that help them be heart centered and to really know their heart and know how to use their heart to create a, a life for themselves that feels better and feel the greater to feel a greater level of connection with other humans um and there's there's so much more about that but that's the nutshell <laughs> <laughs> well and, and we're going to get to that and we can i know that uh people should stay tuned because we are going to actually do some uh practice of of reminding ourselves how to get into that heart space um if you are just joining us this is the healthy options program on weru community radio i'm rhonda Feynman. we're speaking with dr deb peabody dr carrie voucher and diana marie chapin three of the founding members of the healing garden a new Belfast-based organization dedicated to wellness, and there was so much that you just said, and I'm uh, reminded of, and I think many of us can experience this, someone, you just say, wow, it's just such wonderful, so wonderful to just be around that person, that it's such a, it's so nice, I feel so good, isn't that our heart connection happening, isn't that, uh, isn't that, what, what do we say, that the heart, the energetic from the heart can be, what, how many feet away, three feet, we, we have a whole energetic body that's not even uh, our physical body anymore. Uh, yes, it's 10 feet, actually. There you go. Dr. Carrie Voucher is, is giving us the specifics on that 10 feet. Tell us more. Well, we um, exactly what you were saying. We're, we are energetic beings and our heart is, um, is electromagnetic. So it's got this ener energetic field and um, we are producing energy from our body. And if um, you remember maybe from chemistry or biology, um, energy or physics, energy is in waves. And so when we meet somebody whose energy we resonate with, um, we may connect with them. And that um, may not necessarily change the you know how our waves look but they can make them bigger and um better and feel better and um you know that is what we're all about about making individuals feel better so that as a community we can all feel better because if i feel better and you feel better and then i hang out with you we're gonna feel even more better and then we're gonna see our friend who maybe just experienced uh, a loss or sadness grief and we're going to help them feel better, um, and so that that's that's a big goal of this of this project. So, 
it's interesting you brought up the the idea of grief because I was thinking about that a lot, and it seems that that there's a good example of that heart mind that whole body connection when someone is in grief and we've heard stories of people who've been married you know for a long time and one spouse dies and what a month later the other spouse dies it's like heartbreak this idea of heartbreak they and and we get to see the connection um, would you would you talk about that in in terms of grief? Obviously, that's an extreme. We don't you know, but but that yeah. separation, that 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 loss, that energetic separation, uh, um, happens. I mean, Can I would I... love to speak about that. Oh, sorry. No, I do. go ahead, Carrie. As we, I think we could both could speak about that. So. Well, let's let's finish with Carrie with Carrie's thought on it, and Deb, we definitely want to have you in on this. Um, I mean, I, I can really speak personal to the, personally to this. Um, what uh, I lost my mom when I was 18, I actually got um, kind of went astray from medicine. I'd always wanted to be a doctor from the time I was four, uh, lost my way. And then more recently, a year ago, um, I have a brother who committed suicide. And um, I would say that both events um, just like, broke my heart open and but you know I can speak more closely to what happened a year ago um I was having you know physical symptoms of of my heartache and um heart palpitations fatigue depression of course um anxiety and uh grief does affect us physiologically um absolutely Deb Dr. Peabody, please join in here. What, what, what more? What add something here? Well, I, I think the reason, many reasons, why I became involved. But what most recently, and how I met Diana, I um, I lost my sister-in-law in, -law in um, September. I lost my mom in October. I lost my best friend from high school in January. Lost another good friend, and I. And I'm, I work in hospice and I found myself struggling with all of the tools that I had to get myself feeling better. That is eating right, getting sleep, even meditation, walking my dog, all of those things. I couldn't bring myself out of this fatigue, this funk. And then finally it manifested in some somatic symptoms of back pain, hip pain. So I... I went to see Diana. It was the first time I met her and experienced that, uh, you know, energy, bioenergetic or energy healing with the idea of heart, heart, brain coherence. And that was a game changer for me. It, it, and now I've adopted that meditation practice. I do it every single day. And my body is now, I feel like my body is now resetting itself. All of the emotions and the energy around the grief um, it's not it's not perfect, but it's getting so much better. And I couldn't have done that without that practice. So, well, that is a great lead in, Diana. You know what's coming here. We absolutely have to share some of the specifics about what we're talking about. Is there something you can lead us in, uh, 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 some sort of uh, way that our listeners can experience? some of this and obviously as i say all the time whenever we do meditation or wherever we do a practice if you're driving keep your eyes open don't you know take it in but don't actually drive off the road thank you very much um and 
So would that be possible right now? We did talk about this. So, Yes, Rhonda, thank you. And I love that you mentioned eyes open because this is a a practice that's, that is a meditation, but also not necessarily a meditation. And for listeners who are, um, uh, that don't, that the word meditation doesn't appeal to them, this is a perfect practice for them. So it has two parts. Uh, the, the first part is to drop the attention into the space of the heart. We just feel and perceive into the energy of space in our heart and our lungs, that part of our chest that our heart and lungs occupy and breathe into the space so it's feel and breathe. And then it's generate an elevated emotion of just feeling in love with something, caring about something, feeling affectionate or compassionate towards something or someone. And so people right now could just gaze out into space like you're daydreaming and just drop your attention and awareness into the space that your heart and lungs occupy. Feeling and perceiving into the energy of the space of the chest and breathing directly into that space, imagining the breaths coming directly into the chest. And maybe breathing a little deeper than usual, but not forcing or working too hard, just nice and easy, conditioning the body to a new mind of relaxed and aware. So letting the attention fall into the space of the heart And then just calling to mind, remembering a time or thinking about the future, uh, whatever brings you joy, whatever brings you love, whatever makes you feel affectionate and caring and connected, just generate the emotion, recreate it. Or connect to the future you're creating. Think about the desire that you carry in your heart and what love you're trying to create in your life, what goodness you're bringing to yourself and just feel that emotion of love, compassion, care as you breathe into the space of your heart and feel into the space, relax and aware. So we are breathing into our heart space now. Resonating with something safe and wonderful or relaxing and joyful or stress-free, would you say, Mm. as we breathe? (laughs) Hmm. And we are breathing gently in and out, noticing what's opening and resonating. Would you say there would be feeling of warmth or different sensations as we breathe in and out? Yes, people can feel many things. You know, what's happening is the great law of energy medicine, where my attention goes, my energy flows. And so when we drop our awareness into the space of our heart, we engage that intuitive center, that wise center, and and those feelings of warmth or tingling energy or maybe hot or cold. It's so important to just stay objective and enjoy the feeling. That's energy moving. That's creative energy moving through our creative center. And when You know, the beautiful thing about the electromagnetic nature of the heart is that the heart broadcasts emotion. And so if we take time to stop, feel into the space of our heart, intentionally call up, recreate, make it happen, that emotion of love, we're broadcasting on the magnet of our heart 
more love into the space of our body, into the space around our body, into the space of the room, into the space of the community, into the space of the world. And that's not just, you know, an idealistic, optimistic person talking, which of course I am, but it's also the true nature of energy. And what's beautiful about it is in the three-dimensional world to achieve something big, we'd have to push and shove matter to matter, time and space. But in this world of energy, it takes no time. It takes a few moments, minutes a day to condition the body to a new mind. And to, in this case, we're conditioning the body to the mind of love we're embodying love, we're moving through time and space with love, and we're really freeing ourselves from that thing that we've all been conditioned to believe that we have to work really hard to make change. Mm. And that change comes from outside of us, it actually comes from inside of us. And this is a real tool for people to use to do that to change. So we're still breathing, I'm still breathing. I don't know, really. Mm -hmm. Is everybody still breathing? Breathing into the hard <laughs> space as we got this? So we're breathing. I'm feeling like I'm breathing into all my cells, my organs, any little tight spot. I'm sort of, I'm, I'm going for it. How's everybody out there? People listening? Okay, we're, we're still breathing into the heart space, love. Wow. So you could see how this could be as we're still breathing. We'll, we'll have to, uh, do we ever come out of this or is this something we should just stay in? <laughs> should we stay in this, this, this space all the time, but drive carefully or walk carefully, <laughs> work carefully? What, do, what yes. <laughs> Diana, we've, we brought everybody in. We have to, you know, just bring in that space and feel it grounding in your belly. I'm, I know I'm, uh, I'm just uh, doing my radio thing here, bringing everyone back into the room, as we say. <laughs> but, but, but um so you could see right that, that feeling that i had that sensation of lightness that sensation of ease and it is so important uh for those of you by the way who are just joining us and kind of came in in the middle of this meditation i'm rhonda Feynman. you're listening to healthy options program here on weru community radio our guests today are members of the new healthcare nonprofit, The Healing Garden, Diana Maria Chapin, Dr. Deb Peabody, and Dr. Carrie Thatcher. And we are talking about this heart, heart resilience, heart, heart resonance and coherence in this way that breathing and this, this idea of breath is, is uh, creating a, a healing space for our own selves, but also how we can bring that into the world. So, so Carrie, that's right. I'd like to come back to this idea of the 10 feet, this idea that what we just created, and, and, and if you just did the meditation, and maybe we'll visit it again before the end of the program, we get that sense that, wow, we are bigger than our physical body, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and lots of different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Healing practice models have this idea and it's been you know around for thousands of years i i'm most familiar with the ayurvedic model of medicine when it comes to this kind of thing but um there are layers to the body and the physical layer is just one of them and we have an energetic layer an emotional layer a spiritual layer a bliss layer things like that in the ayurvedic system and, and so our energy layer has been measured to extend beyond our body for 10 feet. So um, 
we are we are there's you know there's thousands of years of evidence that we are more than just our body um through these more traditional healthcare models um and how they worked you know together as a culture so we are, and, and if people are regular listeners to Healthy Options, you know, we have done this with the Trauma Resource Institute, with Trauma Resiliency, which is all about grounding and finding a, a safe space to deal with trauma, and then working where you don't even have to talk about what the trauma is. And I think that that is probably something you're all familiar with, where you don't have to tell the story, and it's working on that body energetic level. Dr. Uh, Deb Peabody, is that something that you're finding as you integrate this into your practice with your clients? Absolutely. And and it was interesting. I was listening to a, a podcast earlier today that, that speaks of that. And it, you know, it's, it's t- talking about, you know, people with chronic illness, uh, chronic Lyme, um, autoimmune diseases, and how the neurologic system, especially the vagus nerve is affected. And it's fascinating to see that, I mean, it's just, there's so much research out now to talk about how we are able to heal the vagus nerve that just gets so, um, it gets, that nerve gets so traumatized by the fight or flight and that we're dealing with over and over and over again. And the way to help that, there was a practitioner that referred to to this type of meditation, the the, uh, heart brain coherence as open heart medicine. And that is that if we do this uh, as a daily practice, we can, and it's been proven scientifically, that we can heal a lot of um, chronic diseases. So you don't have to name the trauma, but we know it affects certain neurologic systems like the vagus nerve, and there are ways to help that along. Could you explain a little bit for those who are not knowing our anatomy as well as uh, as we might, what the vagus nerve is and why that's important and what it what it does? Right. So the vagus nerve is is the wandering nerve, and it affects so many things. Exactly. It goes from the, from the head down into the gut. It it affects um, it, it affects mood. It affects sleep. It affects digestion. It's the nerve that is really affected when we're under stress and the fight or flight, the parent, the autonomic system, we, we, all of those things that we discussed, that's the nerve that's affected with when we're under so much stress. And we know that, so people with digestive problems and all kinds of problems, it's usually the vagus nerve that's affecting it. And we do know through meditation, stress management, heart brain coherence that we can indeed help that vagus nerve to become healthy again so we can that gets activated and 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 charged so it and then it creates imbalance in all of the systems that you just that you just mentioned now i've uh, and and I, I've I've read about I've been reading about the vagus nerve too, Doctor Peabody. And um, what I'm finding is learning is that it's also related to the eyes. So there's a way of doing the breath, much like we have just done, and then also creating eye movement. Is that something, Diana Chapin, that you're finding as well in your study as you as you do your studies that we're dealing with different organ systems as well that as well as the heart uh, the heart connection 
Uh, for sure. I think there's a lot about the body that we have been taught that um, it has a limiting quality to it. And what we're learning now is we're way more unlimited than we ever imagined. I, I, I encourage people to practice heart coherence with their eyes open. And I don't make the connection that you just mentioned because I, I never learned that, but I don't doubt that it has a benefit because what happens in the body is that the experience, the emotional experience that the body is having, the body is very objective about. So if you can create uh, an experience with your eyes open, you can generate a state of coherence in your heart, which is to say generate a greater level of order in your heart while maintaining your eyes open, well, then you're going to condition your body to the mind of a coherent heart, to a coherent consciousness. And so when we talk about moving out of fight or flight and that overstimulation of the vagus nerve and all of the anxiety and stress and physical symptoms that go with that, we do all of that, fight or flight, with our eyes open. And in our modern life, there's often nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, and no one to fight. So we carry that information in the record of our body and it manifests as the as a state of being so if somebody's stressed walking around eyes open trying to get comfortable by managing their brain and their thoughts well that's going to get them one level of of wellness but the heart is where the secret is we call it the key in the door because it's the key to manifesting a, a more peaceful level of consciousness and if we can practice with our eyes open well then we condition the body to that mind and we carry that mind that level of consciousness that greater level of awareness throughout our life so eyes open heart open that's the key <laughs> <laughs> so uh, dr peabody coming back to to this idea of the vagus nerve so you're you're seeing people with with especially as a, a family a physician you are seeing people who have heart conditions who have you know the the test came back and yes your thyroid your is uh, is not working as well as it should so are we finding that we need to do a combination of things that some people really do need some medication and then maybe doing this work we need to lose use less medication or that kind of thing is that something you're you're finding uh, you know as, as you introduce this into the work you're doing Absolutely, Rhonda. You know, it's something that I've seen and Carrie and I have talked about this as we see patients um, and this has been happening for years. And what I've realized is that we really need an integrative medicine approach. I mean, there are patients that need their thyroid, you know, um, thyroid supplementation. There are patients that need hormones. And the, I think the biggest piece of this is looking at the whole person. It's not just taking a medication for the, the dis-ease, you have to look at the whole person. You have to look at their lifestyle. You have to look at their life, their joy, their, you know, traumas, you know, all of those things. And it really takes a whole, I feel it takes a village to get people healthy, including the patient. They have to be invested in really, you know, looking at themselves and saying, okay, you know, we, I've got to make some changes with things but it really does take an integrative approach. And that's the, I think it's the only way that we're gonna get better. So I think that there, there are a number of parts of that. So, so you can 
perhaps you know we we know you we can heal that there are ways that we can in, increase that coherence increase that good function in our whole body and then there's possibly times when for whatever reason you're going to need help in on the, the herbal level you're going to need help on a on the pharmaceutical level perhaps um so i i guess the other thing that can happen if we're, we're we we talk about this is this is going to be the panacea you know we have to give people a chance to say not to feel bad if they're not if they're not well i should i should be able to make my diabetes go away fully i should be able you know and if it's not why am i failing you know so where do we get into this success and failure i i, I just feel it's important to mention that so we're not blaming people or are getting that sense of failure if it's not working the way we think it should or we should because again in our culture well i should be able you know working hard diana you talked about this idea of how it could be easy but we work very hard to quote make ourselves better and then feel bad if we're not better so who wants to take that one? Uh, we, <laughs> how does that resonate in your practice, Carrie, Doctor Doctor Voucher? What what do you um, what do you see, especially as a naturopath, where people come to you for herbs and and different kinds of uh, of of ways in? Are you seeing? Well, I yeah. There's so much to that question, Rhonda. I've been sitting here like kind of chomping at the bit, not knowing where I wanted to start, but. And, and, in naturopathic medicine, part of our philosophy, we have a therapeutic order. So, you know, um, the first thing is like do nothing, you know, and um, kind of create, cre create, um, repair the environment that the person is in, you know, versus actually doing anything that would change the person themselves. Because sometimes it's sometimes somebody has to get out of. A harmful environment you know there's mold in your home or you're in a toxic relationship um you know there's absolutely nothing wrong with you you are just stuck in a bad situation or a bad living environment and and that may be what you have to get out of um but certainly at the healing garden we would never ever ever want anyone to think that in any way they are bad in fact or you know there's something wrong with them if they're not healing um in the expectations that they have, you know, that's, that is just so far. We, we are, uh, we want to um, love and accept, accept people exactly where they are at. And we have a healing model that incorporates the folks that need more help right now that need, need all of the tools that we have in our toolbox. And then we have a model, you know, then you kind of graduate to a model where maybe you don't need as many tools or as much support and then you fit into the, you know, even those people get better and they kind of are in this just a wellness model where we're just there to help you stay well, to do your wellness exams, you know, to, to support you to get your wellness exams and things like that and stay well. But um, absolutely, please, um, you know, if you're listening right now, um, you did nothing wrong. Um, you live in a world. We, we are humans living um, in this earthly environment. We're spiritual beings on earth. And, um, you know, we just, this is where we are at and there's, there's problems in this world. And, um, and, and we can't control that, you know, like I didn't control that my mom died when I was young and that was very traumatic for me. And it's, you know, it's taken a long time for me to heal from that. Um, 
but it's still possible, you know, and um, my brother's death really triggered, triggered some things that I thought had healed, you know, and just has broken my heart again in a way that has allowed me to heal um, even deeper, um, more profound ways. And so no matter how broken you feel you are, um, just know that uh, we will, <laughs> we here at the Healing Garden love you and we want to help you in <laughs> any way we can. And we have lots of tools. Yeah. And uh, there's, um, you know, the other part of uh, trauma, as we know, the flight, fright, and freeze. And it seems like working uh, with the breath um, in the yogic tradition or in many, many traditions, right? The breath is is where it's at. You learn different breathing techniques to relax the body. And what we're learning now is that one way to see it is that that is a way in for the heart coherence connection. Uh, And um, so it seems like you could loosen that freeze by focusing on this in a very gentle way. Um, Diana Marie uh, Chapin, maybe you could uh, address that a little bit. Yes, it's such an interesting um, effect the body has when the body is in crisis or stress. Often the first thing that we do is gasp, right? We take that short inhale of breath. So it's in that fight or flight or any stress response or anyone who lives in chronic stress, often their breath is very shallow and 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 in so many cultures breath is is seen as life force energy it's the energy of life it's creative energy so in in if we live in prolonged states of stress we tend to breathe less and we tend to um constrict ourselves we tend to become more limited and that's a physical um a physiological response but it's also a response in consciousness where in stress we perceive less possibility because we're trying to get by. And I am so glad that you brought up um, the idea that uh, nobody creates their illness. And what we're teaching is that through consciousness and through these tools that we're providing, specifically the science that informs what the heart actually is, is we're helping people to use their consciousness to create wellness and to um, that aspect of breathing. It's just the quickest way to relax the nervous system. And we're helping people understand that the, the energy of their life, the relationships, the things, the people, the jobs, it all has an energetic content. And when we change the energy of our heart and we open up and breathe into more possibility, those things can stay the same. But we're different, so we perceive it differently. And that's just a game changer for everyone. Dr. Deb talked about how, you know, she was going through difficult sequences being, you know, these emotional event after event after after event. And together as a collective, we've been through a lot in in recent years. And it is such a beautiful time to come together and breathe and get into our heart and open our consciousness to the greater possibility that as a collective we might thrive, that this is a specific tool that we might thrive together. That is, and I'm, I'm continuing to breathe. I'm still doing the exercise and we're going to have to do, kind of introduce that again a little bit. And everything you're saying, and I, I wonder, sometimes when you hear something that's true, do, do you notice that people, our listeners as well, that something, something relaxes when you hear something or you feel something, go, yeah, I feel different when I'm around that person. I feel different when I'm breathing. I feel different when I'm 
doing that yoga pose. I feel different when I'm uh, working with with these kinds of, of energies. I, I just invite people to, to contemplate that a, a little bit. Um, if you have just tuned in, by the way, we're having a fascinating conversation here on WERU Community Radio on Healthy Options. And I'm Rhonda Feynman. We're discussing the heart-brain coherence. We're discussing how to deal with grief. And, you know, we, uh, both uh, Dr. Voucher and, 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 um, and Dr. Peabody and all of us have had those, for whatever reason, with the whole pandemic, a lot of this kind of trauma, a lot of sudden deaths, a lot of from whatever reason. And yet, and also we could be dealing with grief, not from that kind of very obvious big trauma, but smaller traumas as well. And this is something that would can resonate on all of those, all of those levels. In, in, wouldn't, wouldn't you say that we can bring that into all these different aspects of, of our lives, whether, you know, you're just whatever, uh, whatever that trauma may be, it can easily, um, we can really resonate and, and open, open that, those channels. Deb, have you have you found that again in your practice, Dr. Peabody? Yes. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think um, that's a good point, um, Rhonda. That we can use this technique for anything. It doesn't. It, it can be something very simple. You know, uh, a meeting that might be difficult, a patient that might be more difficult or challenging, and to to use that technique of breathing into the heart space and come. My my feeling is it. it, it and what I do in my practice, I'm always coming from a place of love. And, and that's the key. And I don't know how many patients I've had say to me, oh, I came into your office feeling this way. And, and I, just by our conversation, I feel so much better. So that's an energetic healing. And I really didn't have to do anything other than to, to love them and listen. So it, it's something we can use all the time. So, absolutely. And uh, Diana, do you find that in, in Reiki is is that the that the way that you're working above the above the body, right? You're you're working with that energetic field. Are you finding that as well? Just listening well and and being present in that in that space with your own heart energy is uh, creating that that possibility of healing for someone. Well, you know, Rhonda, I came into this work as a, um, I don't know if I mentioned earlier that I was trained as a gardener and a plant, soil, and environmental scientist. So I came into this work ah. very much as a, as a person grounded in the material world and in space and time. And so I had to learn. I had to teach myself. And I did train uh, in Reiki to the master level. And I have to say that the people who have come to me have been my greatest teachers. They are what makes me a master, and um, that what I've learned through the practice of energy healing, of which Reiki is a part, is that the art of energy medicine, which is a, an ancient practice, it's a birthright of every single human being. There's no human being that is excluded from the fact that we are all energy healers, and some of us are just, we know that now, and some of us are learning that. What's happening in the practice is that a, as a, a person is using their body as an instrument 
of consciousness, an instrument of love. That would be the highest, the highest order, the in, an instrument of unconditional love, a healer. I think my, my awareness is that a healer is a great witness. A healer is a person who falls in love with anyone in the moment and hands on the body or hands off the body is able to use their body as an instrument of consciousness to flow a greater level of life force energy, a more coherent, more orderly level of energy to a person's body. And as Deb mentioned, that there, has, there doesn't have to be any touch. It can happen energetically across space and time just through presence. And in fact, that's what's happening with energy healing is that a healer is embodying a higher level of order, a greater level of coherence, just because they practice, not because there's anything special about them that's um, I will say everybody's precious, but everybody is also able to do this. And that's one of the beautiful things we're teaching. You know, we hold these monthly group healing events. And we have trained healers in the room. We're actually having one on the last Wednesday of every month and um, at the Boathouse in Belfast. And it's so beautiful to be in a room. Um, Dr. Vasher mentioned that order in naturopathy, that creating an environment like we create an energetic environment in which people can heal themselves. So we call ourselves healers, but we're creating the environment. That's what we're doing. We're using our body as an instrument of consciousness, as awareness, as an instrument of love. And our heart is the door. When we open our heart and we flow and amplify and, um, you know, uh, engage with the energy of space we create the environment where people can heal and so I'm doing that in my studio that's what the healing garden is doing um, in the community and we're we're just um, getting started I'm so excited to see where we go because wouldn't it be beautiful if we could have people you know train in a four-hour training how to use their body as an instrument of consciousness to flow coherent energy and and we could all just show up we could just show up in this place with just our body and some nice music and people could have you know these great healing experiences we're already doing it people are having these awesome healings and great mystical experiences and more importantly we're sharing it we have a format an opportunity to share you know that that we're extraordinary and unlimited and and you don't need anything but you <laughs> Well, you know, it's so wonderful to hear you uh, talk about this. And it reminds me, for those of us uh, who read where uh, earlier work, well, some of the early work in this, uh, uh, Dr. Per Candace Pert, is that a name uh, hopefully familiar, that some of you are familiar with? She wrote a book way back when called Molecules of Emotion. And she is a, a scientist who actually discovered because before her discovery on an actual scientific her actual bio 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 um uh, mechanical she was a, she's a, a researcher and she found the receptors the receptor sites for the uh, uh, the uh, uh, opiate receptors and you mentioned them the uh, when with uh, pregnant women and you mentioned them the endorphins and uh, uh, all of uh, peptides that create those molecules of emotion and we have them there are actually receptors. So she did it in the gut. She found it in the gut and she said, well, really, that's where our emotion is. Our emotion is really coming through our gut and then moving through the bloodstream, not only with receptors, but also 
just as a chemical moving through our body, not even with the little cellular receptors, but actually moving from the heart, from the belly to the brain. So I, I always, uh, th- we have to give a, 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 a nod to our, uh, the mother of a lot of this, of what we're talking about from a scientific point of view, as you just mentioned that how that coherence, how that connection has has happened. And if uh, people aren't familiar with Candace Pert, look her up, she, P-E-R-T. She's, uh, she was quite brilliant and started to do meditations and ideas about how we could create healing. And she always found it odd that as a, as a scientist and a researcher, she found herself in uh, meditation retreats and uh, speaking at, uh, at places that started to talk about things like heart brain coherence so um noticing that we're all connected and have been through time it's my little shout out to our foremother as it were (laughs) (laughs) dr peabody looks like you want to say something you're no no she thought she did, but yeah, say something. Okay. Uh, well, I was going to say, this is yes. Gary Vacher speaking. And, um, you know, as we said earlier, the gut speaks to the brain more than the brain speaks to the gut. I just wanted to reiterate that. And yes, you know, the, we have found through research that the gut creates, and I've, I've heard different numbers, but so anywhere around 75% of all our neurotransmitters, which are the chemicals that we think of for our mood um, are made in the gut. So, um, you know, certainly a health, in, in naturopathic theory, you know, we always ask about gut health and functional medicine, Dr. Peabody's um, modality of medicine. Um, we ask about the gut. How is your gut? Because if your gut isn't well, your brain can't be well. And I have I've seen that in my own personal experience. I gave up gluten uh, 15, 17 years ago and it cured 75% of my depression was healed just from going gluten-free and dairy-free back then. So it's possible to heal our mind and relieve our stress um, in ways that, you know, not everybody's aware of. And, and that's what we are hoping to introduce, you know, people, give people these ideas of, you know, all the ways that we can heal ourselves. So, yes, um, you know, in, in East Asian medicine, there is an entire school of of practice where all you, you do is deal with people's digestive system and, 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 and gut health. And that's it. No matter what they come in on, it's really all about your belly. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> Let's face it. Okay, yes. So uh, those of you listening, we can do some, uh, uh, some good gut health uh, but with, uh, with our, uh, our good practitioners here at the Healing Garden. We are, um, I don't, do want to say that, that you do have a website um where what is what is the website so people can get more information that's the healing garden it's the healinggardenmain.org right and you're you are doing some work i guess the next one uh, and if if you are listening to this on repeats it'll be uh, uh any last wednesday but the next one is september 28th 6:30 to 8 at the belfast boathouse um 34 commercial street and you can get information about that. We're we're not exactly done, but I thought people would want to know when some things are are happening that that you're working with. 
let's let's talk uh, just for a moment again about um about that relationship between the the science and and that what some people might might see as the energetic medicine of uh of well, a different approach, like yoga or Tai Chi. Um, we are finding that these things are connected, aren't we? That I, We mentioned Candace Purd and some of the other things that you've been talking about. But perhaps you could talk about it in your studies, Diana uh, Chapin, uh, about how you're learning about this, to, to, meld, to men, meld those two ideas. Sure. The the um, I think of science as the modern language of mysticism. And so a lot of the traditions that you mentioned didn't have the benefit of the modern quantum physics, for example, that we have and and, um, you know, things like epigenetics, this awareness that uh, the environment around our genes switches on and switches off genes and manifests different states of being and different levels of freedom from disease. So science is a neutral language that includes everyone. And it is so important for us at the Healing Garden when we designed our model, our organizational model, we sat down and we thought, well, the first thing we don't want is any hierarchical models. So we based our model in unity consciousness that everyone is included and no one is excluded. And so science helps us um, not only define a greater level of reality and open up up greater possibility for us as we learn it, but it's a language that's non-cultural and that includes everyone. So um, we've, you know, that's, that's one of the- That's <laughs> fantastic. So I cannot believe it. We are actually out of time. We're just ending. So we'll have to leave it there. Continue to breathe. If you've missed the uh, meditation, please listen again and you can uh, follow the, uh, ways of getting the heart coherence uh, breath right into your system very simple and you can go to uh, all the websites that we will have uh, listed here um, I want to just tell you though that our guests today on healthy options have been dr. Uh, Deb Peabody Carrie voucher dr. Carrie voucher and uh, Diana Marie Chapin from the new nonprofit wellness organization the healing garden thank you so much for being here with us on healthy options again Again, their website is thehealinggardenmain.org. You can find links to this show or to other information that was mentioned on the Public Fears, Fairs Archive at weru.org. Thanks to Joel Mann and Amy Brown from WERU for engineering support, Petra Hall for production assistance, and as always, thanks to all of our WER listeners and supporters. This is Rhonda Feynman wishing you the best in health. Mm-hmm.